Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle. On this episode, what worked for me that I didn't even know was working for me at the time was just putting myself out there and networking. Early on, I was running an agency, and that means that relationships are paramount. Getting, getting in front of people, having conversations, building relationships. That's how I grew my business. And I went all in. I like invested a lot, a lot of money, a lot of time into getting in the room with the right people. And over time, the compound effects of those connections started to build a reputation. And from that reputation came some of the confidence that ultimately let me start putting myself out there digitally. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure, which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place, one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. I am so glad you're here with me for this episode because it's a very special episode. You're getting a sneak peek into something that I'm currently building, and that is a podcast called Be Your Brand, which is going to launch soon in conjunction with my first book that I am currently writing of the same name, Be Your Brand. So this episode gets into personal branding because that is what the book is about and the company that I'm creating in the same name. So what we do here is we peel back the layers with the people who have done it. Why they built a personal brand? Was it intentional or was it an accident? How they did it? How did they go about building systems, processes, some of the tools that they use? Who was like a big influence in creating a brand and being a personal brand? And what is their mission and purpose in life that aligns with this personal brand? So that is what that show and this upcoming show is about. I'm talking with Dan Russell, who has built an amazing brand. He's a 
founder of a company called uh, Vivid Labs, and so, so many other things. He's got a book coming out called Snake Oil, which is the reason that we recorded this episode. I want to help him to reach more people and find those that can benefit from that book. So this will also be an episode when the Be Your Brand podcast launches. And I have many, many cool conversations with others who have personal brands. But this is a sneak peek into the new podcast here on the Entrepreneur Circle. So I hope you appreciate this episode as I do and the conversation, Be Your Brand, coming to you very, very soon. I'm excited to announce it to you and I hope you enjoy. Hey folks, I am so glad that you are here because it's another episode of Be Your Brand where we talk about personal branding, how necessary it is in today's landscape of marketing and putting yourself out there with confidence. And speaking of confidence, I have someone here that has loads of it, and he's going to share with you how he's been winning out uh, all throughout life. Welcome to the show, Dan Russell. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here, Eric. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Me too. Because I am in this podcast, um, and I was telling you before the mics and the cameras turned on that um, it's new. So it's exciting because when I started my first show, Entrepreneur Circle, it was all about learning. And I needed to talk to people like you to learn about whatever it was I was into, like real estate investing or building a business. Mm -hmm. Now all of that stuff is sort of in the past. This is like my jam. Like I want to hear how everyone has built a brand for themselves, mainly personal brands. And Mm -hmm. when I saw you, um, I was like, wow, Dan has built amazing brands, not just, you know, for himself, but for others and also building all this ecosystem around what you do and your superpower and marketing and getting results. And um, and I really love what I see, like in terms of the superpower to lean into like the look and feel. Like you have very specific mm-hmm. branding elements that are unique to you and your ecosystem. So it just makes me feel like, man, I'm talking to somebody that knows what they're doing. And um, I wanted you, to see, yeah, man, absolutely. Just just thank you for being here. Uh, but how how do you feel about like everything you've built in terms of like it's the, the front end of things, and mm-hmm. and how important was it, and how intentional was it to 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 weaving into your personal brand and and your plan? It it grew over the years. I I've become more and more comfortable with putting myself out there, and it's still an ongoing process. Like it's never quite finished in my mind because there's always like the process of deciding what's what what's exciting me and what do I want to put out there that's going to be valuable for other people and you know years and years ago when I started my business like I was going through the the process of deciding whether or not I wanted to start a personal brand and put myself out there and there were fits and starts and I ultimately failed at it you know back in the day mostly because I was trying to, I was overthinking it. I was, I was trying to blow my audience's minds with every post that I made, which made it impossible to create any sort of content or put myself out there. And over the years, as I built my expertise and I became more comfortable with my work and more confident in what I do, that, that I, I either the bar lowered or I rose to meet it. But it just became more comfortable to to open up Twitter or uh, send out an email and uh, or, or get on stage and really talk about what 
I'm really interested in the stuff that jazzes me up and, and, and fills me with energy. So it was definitely a journey to get there. And I think that moment where there isn't really a moment, moment actually, it's just this sort of like gradient. You just slowly move into this, this space of becoming more comfortable with putting yourself out there. And so that was, that, at least that was my journey. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that word gradient too. It, you know, aligns with all the, the visuals and the aspects of, uh, you know, what we're talking about here, but I want to talk about yeah. and, and share with the audience, the, um, your, your bio that you, your, your team sent over to me. So folks who you're listening to is Dan Russell. He's an award-winning performance marketer and the author of snake oil. So go out there and grab, uh, your copy because he's, he, he didn't send me this, but I, I did pull this out, bro. I was like, look, this looks like some some oh, nice. snake oil sales. But this isn't isn't what it like. <laughs> if it comes, like, oh, well, I'll drink this or I'll put it on my boots, <laughs> regrow your hair, like, exactly. have better libido. Yeah, like, I love that. Fly. I love that. So that's a modern day handbook uh, for business leaders trying to navigate through the chaos of modern marketing. So over the past nine years, he's unlocked over fifty million dollars and recurring revenue for himself and his clients by leveraging the science of marketing. So he teaches those principles to entrepreneurs and executives through private news, his private newsletter called Gold Pan Report and his involvement in Tech Incubator Project 10X. But yeah, bro, I just want to make sure people knew what you've done. And that's just a, yeah, thanks, just man. a high level view, but you've done so much, man. Um, and I appreciate it. So let's get into the next segment here on how you went about building a brand and a personal brand for yourself. Was it intentional? Did you, you know, start thinking and planning and mapping things out or just like jump in head first? I, I, uh, I, like I mentioned early on, I did all the planning. I did all the, you know, intentionality behind it. Ultimately, that didn't work for me. What worked for me that I didn't even know was working for me at the time was just putting myself out there and networking. Um, early on, I was running an agency and, and that means that, you know, I, I'm, the relationships are paramount, you know, getting, getting in front of people, having conversations, building relationships. That's, that's how I grew my business. And I went all in. I like invested a lot, a lot of money, a lot of time and into getting in the room with the right people. And over time, the, the, the compound effects of those connections started to build a reputation. And from that reputation came some of the confidence that ultimately let me start putting myself out there digitally, but also opportunities to get on front on stages and host, co-host webinars, like, you know, get, get in front of larger audiences that those people had, you know, under their wing. So. It was actually unintentional. And by the point that I grew my level of influence to the point that, you know, I, I kind of look back and realized like, oh, I, I built a personal brand, but I didn't really know it. Then it became a lot easier to start putting the structure in place because I knew it was almost validating. And I, and I knew that that legwork that I had put in on a, you know, individual networking basis had started to have these ripple effects. And I could start leveraging those ripple effects with, you know, have, having more structured marketing on social media and building the newsletter and all, all sorts of other stuff. Was there any particular moment where you were like, like an aha moment? Like, holy crap, 
yeah, I'm a personal brand or I have this reputation. People know me for this. <laughs> or was it that gradient as you spoke? <laughs> uh, it was the gradient for me. Yeah. Um, I wish there was a moment where, you know, I had a viral tweet or something like that, but it, it wasn't anything so strong as that. It was, it was very much a slow, I would say it was a slow increase in the frequency with which people came to me for things mm-hmm. and started sending, sending me messages on social media. Uh, I was getting more and more and more referrals, people saying, Hey, you should go talk to Dan. The, the more that that happened, the more I slowly came to realize, Oh, I have something here that I can shape and control and that I have to feed. Right. It's, it's not just about, you know, well, let's just have more people reach out to me. That doesn't last. You have to continually provide value and, and nurture those relationships because like the more that comes in, the more, more that has to go out in order to, to foster that momentum. So yeah, it was definitely a gradient for me. Not one moment where I'm like, Hmm, everybody knows who I am or like I'm famous. Like I, I'm yeah. like, I wouldn't even consider that that the case now i i would say like i have i've i've cultivated people that i really love to spend time with and and talk to and hear from uh and who i believe find value in what i do mm, that's awesome man so much to unpack here um you know i love i love the community aspect i love the reputation myself including you know i, I mentioned uh, brand builders and and, and rory vaden mm-hmm. they're pretty good about um, and I, cause I, I didn't come up with this, but you know, your online reputation is basically your personal brand. The, digi- the digitization of your reputation is a personal yeah. brand. A lot of people don't understand what exactly that is. They just think Oprah or Tony Robbins or Gary Vee. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's folks out there that you can, if you go in understanding that you're just building your reputation, you're, and you're, you're dropping breadcrumbs to lead people to how, how you can help and serve them. Um, that's really what we're doing here. Uh, so who were some of the influences? Like who were the brands that were out there? You're like, man, I want to like, the, and then you sort of consciously or subconsciously start modeling your personal brand after that person. Is there someone? Honestly, like honestly, it was, uh, it was my wife originally because I mean, I could see like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, or, you know, but like those are, you know, completely different from what I I'm building and, and want to build both in personality and in, you know, the form that their personal brands take. Um, I would really say the closest would be Gary Vee. And I think a lot of like, in, in terms of the big leagues, you know, he has the most authentic brand, in my opinion, out of like the, the you know, you know, large multi-million followers. Uh, the Rock is, is up there too. Um, and I say The Rock and Gary Vee, ultimately, because of the, level of vulnerability and authenticity that they bring to those brands. Who's uh, Melissa McCarthy's uh, husband? Um, the actress? He, no, the actor. Um, gosh, oh, yeah. uh, I forget. I forget I his name. Yeah. But, uh, but his, her, her husband is hilarious and super nonchalant and, and, relaxed on on instagram so i like to follow him it's all the people that i feel like i would be friends with in real life when i see the stuff that they're working on that's really where i connect and so i like to model that after them and and on a much more practical level when i met my wife she 
she was already in that work. She had run a branding agency. Uh, she was helping other people build their personal brands, uh, getting on stages and so on. And she had like a rock solid personal brand. It was unbelievable. Like mm. everything that she did was like on point and, mm. and very clearly her, even down her contracts. Like yeah. that, like nobody sees contracts except you and a client that's already agreed to work with you. So what's the point of writing a contract in your language wow. using your verbatim, your, your lingo, you know, that wow. sort of stuff. But it was so deeply entrenched in everything that she did that I started to understand the, the depth and the authenticity that's behind a personal brand. It's not just, you know, what you're putting out there. It, it's how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And so I tried, started to embody that and that gave birth to the level of confidence and, and I would say level of calm that mm-hmm. I was able to bring to my personal brand ultimately. And I'm still working on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like she's, she's unbelievably vulnerable in, in her posts. And I'm, I'm on Twitter posting about like, you know, the James Webb telescope images and marketing. Like, so I've still got, you know, stuff to unpack and unravel with my audience in terms of vulnerability. So I try to model that as much as possible. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to potentially having your wife on as well, Melanie. Uh, let's give her a shout. Um, if yeah, you want. Melanie yeah. Spring. Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's an absolute rock star. Yeah. Absolutely. And the love of my life. That's awesome, dude. It's, it's really amazing to think. So you were running Vivid Labs at the time when you met her. Is that correct? Or yes. Were you? Yeah. Yep. So, so, so I was you... running, running Vivid as, as an agency before I transitioned it into training and consulting. Gotcha. So you had it more of a traditional sort of marketing agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and as would you qualify yourself? You know, I don't know if you've ever read uh, Rocket Fuel. Yeah, um, yeah, Gina Wickman. Would you classify mm-hmm. yourself as a you know a classical visionary, or you lean more towards the integrator side? I'm definitely on the visionary side. Um, the The challenge that I run into is that I am very good at mechanics. Like I'm, you know, when I when I started out, it became a jack of all trades with marketing. So like I was able to code APIs, build web web pages, uh, you know, create funnels do graphic design, do sales copywriting. Like I learned all of that so that as a, as I started to grow my agency, um, I had my hands in like all these little, you know, all these cookie jars, basically all these, all these operations. And so, um, I had to start to, you know, pull myself out and stay in that visionary mode, which was probably one of the biggest challenges, like top three challenges of, of scaling that business. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I imagine a lot of visionaries, especially those who are listening to this, um, and I highly recommend if you haven't read that book, um, there's some exercises in there to, to really truly confirm that you're a visionary because there are a lot of integrators out there that think they're visionaries or visionaries that, you know, don't realize they're integrators. Um, but can you talk a little bit about that balance? Like, how do you, how do you shake yourself off and remind yourself, I need to work on the business and not in the business? And and, and there are times yeah. when it's necessary to be in it. So how do you strike that balance? I found that the best time, the 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 only times to for me to enter that mechanical role is when nobody else can and I can't find anybody else, even outside of the business who can that that uh 
role that I would put myself into in terms of like getting in the weeds and, and doing the work. I know now, I didn't know back then, but I know now that every minute I spend outside of visionary mode is costing the business money, even though every minute I spend in mechanic mode is keeping the, the, the ship running. Uh, meaning like avoiding fires and, and, <laughs> you know, solving short-term problems, the long-term problems, the, the big picture stuff is really where I thrive. So, you know, I had to, I had to kind of learn that the hard way as I was building the team and, you know, eventually moving out of this like micromanagement mindset. But also you have to decide for yourself, as you just said, like if you read rocket fuel or do really a lot of personality tests have an equivalent of the, the integrator visionary sort of dichotomy. So you have to decide like, which are you? Because if you operate in both for too long, then nothing is get, like eventually things will stall or at least plateau. Like it's just, and, and you'll be burnt out because you're, you're trying to, you know, do two things at once basically. Yeah. And I think teams and having partners um, alongside you as you build, who are all you know rowing in the same direction, is, is helpful to uh, because then if you have 100%. you have people that will call you out or hold you accountable and like, hey Dan, you're you're too much visionary this month, man. Yeah. You're like we we need some sales. <laughs> you're the you're the sales guy, bro, or you know, or other way. Like, hey, we we need you to start thinking about like 2023. Uh. In my, in my experience for, for me, it's mostly been a get out of our way. <laughs> like stop, stop doing, stop, stop getting in the, in the mechanics because that's, a, that's really a safe space for me. It's a method of procrastination. And, and like, I know that if I start to work on something that's like really nitty gritty, like I'll spend dozens of hours doing copywriting and landing page design and stuff like that for, you know, my own stuff just because I don't want to launch it and I want it to be perfect before it launched. And obviously nothing's perfect. So, you know, I, <clears throat> more times than not, that force took the form of my project manager saying, look, we got this. It's like, go do your thing, go start, do, go, you know, do more networking, get on webinars, host your own, you know, talks, like all that stuff to build the business. And then once I got back into that visionary mode, I'm like, oh yeah, I really like to do this. This is, this actually fuels me. Like I just got back from an event last week. Like I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. I make tons of friends. I really enjoy that energy. And it gives me so much, like I end the day so much happier when I do that versus if I spend eight hours, you know, in Elementor or WordPress, just like moving things around on that page. Yeah. Even though that's yeah. addicting. Like from from a mental standpoint, for me, gotcha. Yeah, for me, I relate to you so much on that level. Where from it's 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 design, like all the wonderful mm -hmm. logos that you have around your 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 ecosystem, like that stuff. I love getting into, and I could spend hours and hours yeah. and just turn the music yeah. on. Headphones don't think <laughs> the little right? tweaks. Yeah. It's just just it's just stream of consciousness. I just go. I'm in focus. I'm in flow. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I was like on that point. I I spent I I've, I've spent probably a hundred hours on one of my logos and I've spent about 15 minutes on another. And like when I come back and I look at my 
portfolio of brands, I really wouldn't be able to tell. Mm. Um, actually, it would be reverse. I would say that the one that I spent the most time on would look the worst. <laughs> like in my opinion, like it was, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like how simplicity sometimes is beautiful and, and, and more than enough. Yeah. It's interesting being a creative as well or tapping into that creative, uh, part of your brain. Um, I noticed the moments of clarity come when I'm stress free. Like, yeah, I just, you know, I've, I've dude, you said meditation, it. whatever it is, right. Eating right, yep. exercising and like, boom, that 15 minute logo or that, whatever it is. For real though. Comes to yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. That hundred hour thing, probably you probably had a hundred things going on. Yeah, you're right. I did. Have you ever felt like a lone wolf in life? Unable to engage in chats around the barbecue since you're doing things that aren't the norm? Enter GoBundance, a place for driven entrepreneurs, CEOs, or investors who want to experience world-class adventure, bucket list trips, high-minded conversations, authentic relationships, and an environment to learn and grow with like-minded individuals where you're able to share in all of your successes, your struggles, ambitions, and even your failures without being judged. It's the best place for men and women to come together to live epic lives and to grab life big. If you want to learn more about GoBundance, go to GoBundance.com and apply to be in the tribe. And I hope to see you at the next virtual or live event. It's interesting too. I wanted to I wanted to tap in a little bit of what you were talking about in terms of um because I I I I'm blessed to be able to speak on stages as well. And there's this magic that happens. Um, you know, one of my mentors says, you know, if you can speak to a hundred people who are total strangers, they're going to be raving fans when you get off stage. So um that experience is overwhelming. And how do you manage ego? How do you manage uh not just the your ego and sort of staying grounded mm-hmm. because everyone lines up to have that conversation with you right and then you yeah also have to you know for lack of a better term funnel those opportunities there and after like what's your process to to sort of take advantage of that opportunity well especially for in-person speaking gigs i totally hear that ego piece i i, I think one thing that helps me keep it in check is realizing that at some point in the past I was in the exact same position as everybody else in the audience. And I would have killed to have somebody explain things in a way that I'm explaining it to them. And that guiding principle tamps my ego down, but also guides my production. Like, what is it that I would have wanted? Like 12 years ago, if I was in this audience, and I knew nothing or I knew, you know, a little bit about this particular area, but I wanted to learn more about this area. Um, what would I want to create? And so that's a guiding principle. I think, you know, some, something that just, you know, keeps, keeps the ego in check and opens me up to like really interesting conversations. Like I love after getting off of sta- the stage, you know, people come up and say, oh, that was really, really helpful. And, um, you know, you, you explain this really well, or um, I love like figuring out where they're at and, and really engaging with them because 
like, I mean, that's the end. Like I, I've explained the whole like extrovert thing. So I'm, I'm wired that way anyway, but it also like brings me down literally, you know, to, to their level. Uh, but also metaphorically, just because, uh, you know, we're, we're all humans. Like we're all on our own path. Like not like just cause I'm on stage doesn't mean that I'm better than you. It just means that I have information that, uh, that you are looking for. You would be on stage in another scenario at another conference on and talking about a different topic. So, um, you know, I think that perspective just keeps things in check. Yeah. What do you do personally though, Dan, to sort of recharge, you know, your, your batteries after an event like that, when you get home, what's like the first things you do? Really just, uh, like spending time with Melanie, going to the beach, like we're right by the beach here in Florida. Um, outdoor time going for walks i'm a big mountain biker so love to go for mountain biking rides off-roading um <laughs> just like movement yeah. uh, definitely outdoor stuff uh, yeah and uh just like the, the the morning routine like getting back into it every so often like we'll just find ourselves out of the routine we're like okay gotta reset <laughs> let's yeah. get back to it <laughs> especially traveling right you, you're oh, totally yeah. out of sync the food totally sleep the, the changing of times he's like yes oh, that's the that's the bad thing about for me traveling yep. i mean i love being there it's just just teleport me <laughs> and then Seriously. i'll do it yeah but the whole rigmarole of yeah just getting out of sync um i don't know if you know how you know, i'm sure he's he's one of the guys i appreciate in terms of his brand um he told me i'm like because he's very very careful with what he eats especially after his after his cancer bout and um he said he gets there two days early before mm-hmm. a speaking gig, he goes to a Whole Foods and he goes shopping and he fills the fridge and he only eats Smart. and has little, that's why I always see him with little Tupperwares. I'm like, that's <laughs> discipline, man. I'm like that is discipline. That is, I yeah. turn into a complete degenerate. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Like, I stay up late. I go out and drink with the friends. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. What happens in Norland stays in Norland. You're like, where unbelie- you yeah, seriously. You know, to the point that I, I get back and I have to just like, compl- like, literally reset. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, and and you know, to to some extent, you know, I allow myself that because. You know, I was just talking last week. I was at, at, a, at an event last week. A lot of great people. Awesome, awesome people. And I was chatting with one of my buddies there. And he said, you know, this, the, the conversations that happen after 11 p.m. at these events are more important and valuable than the content that's shared at the 9 a.m. session. Mm. So, and and I agree with him. Because <clears throat> that's where, and r- like, regardless of, drinking and, 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 you know, that sort of, sort of stuff. Like when you're, when it's late at night and you're having like a really deep conversation, like either philosophical discussion or business discussion or health discussion or whatever it might be, like the guard is, the guards are down, you know, walls are down. Um, and you can have honest conversations. And the person that you had that conversation with the next day when you see them, You'll have a camaraderie with them that wouldn't wouldn't have existed and couldn't have existed through like a conversation over lunch. So I love to dive in to those opportunities when I'm at events, whether I'm speaking or not, completely irrelevant. Like 
I love that. And, and like, I get so much value and so much happiness and joy out of that level of connection with other people. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Makes total sense. Uh, let's get into, I want to talk about snake oil, but then I also want to talk about your mission and purpose when it comes to everything that you're doing, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to your personal brand. So, so what's Dan Russell's mission purpose? What are you trying to accomplish here in the universe and how does that tie into the book? So I like my, my big mission is to improve humanity with technology. That is the life mission. Like I see, I see technology as a, a, like the most massive tool that we have to solve all sorts of problems. And back in the day, when I kind of, when I sort of started thinking about this mission, I was following guys like Peter Diamandis and Stephen Cutler who wrote Abundance and, um, you know, the whole futurist community. Uh, and at the time I had already started my agency. I'm like, how can I merge these two? Because I love reading about AI and quantum computing and 3D printing and robotics and drones, like all, all of that stuff and how they're helping to solve humanity's biggest problems. And then here I am say, like running a marketing agency. <laughs> like what, like where's the overlap here? And that's when I started to really think about what my differentiation was and how I was standing out from the rest of the market because the marketing industry is very competitive, very saturated. So I started looking around for different things that I wanted to specialize in. Like I said, I was a generalist, right? Like I could do everything at a, you know, relatively high level of sophistication, but not as well as an expert. So I want to become an expert. I found the field of neuromarketing, which was a field that merged brain science with traditional direct response marketing. Uh, and, and not only direct response, but, you know, out of home PPC, stuff like that. Um, so this modality became, became an obsession in a good way. And I started to pivot my agency towards focusing on that. So we started running, we started turning research reports on the human brain into split tests. We were ethically applying what I called these neurotactics uh, to sales pages and marketing funnels and uh, checkout flows and stuff like that. And we started to get really, really good results. Along that same timeline, I started to become more and more and more familiarized with how the marketing industry worked. and. I started to become really disheartened because I would have probably two thirds of incoming clients tell me that they were just working with an agency or consultant that, you know, had no positive impact on their company. Like they, you know, charged a huge upfront fee, never delivered. Like some were just incompetent. Others were con artists. And so I started thinking like, well, why is this happening? What What's going on that this is happening so much? Like I, I was hearing about it a lot. And so I started doing research and that was the foundation of snake oil. Um, but I hadn't started writing the book yet. Uh, I was still running my agency. And uh, when 
you know, right, right before COVID hit, I, I was transitioning the agency into a training and consulting company so I could scale a little bit better. And I wanted to get out of the day-to-day service game. So I was trying to figure out how to get this information out there and provide people with a solution. And that was like, in my mind, a small, tiny little step towards that bigger vision of improving humanity. Because I knew, at least within the confines of the marketing industry and and a little bit within the larger like business realm, how technology is helping and how technology is hurting. So I, I wrote the book all around with, with the, all with the mission of explaining how and why marketing has become so overwhelming and confusing for so many entrepreneurs and business owners. And after running that agency for almost a decade, I had all sorts of research and, and processes that we use to get really good results quickly. And that was through a system that I call the marketing operating system. So I outlined that entire method in the book as an answer to these problems that I was identifying in, in, in the industry at large, meaning there's a total lack of regulation in B2B marketing because it's just, there's no way to, to enforce or validate skills. Um, it's ripe with, you know, people who don't know what they're doing and you can't really differentiate who knows what they're doing from the people that you know, have no idea. So there's all these, you know, you know, there's this huge mixture of bad actors, bad systems, you know, no recourse for businesses that happen to fall into a trap or just make a decision out of ignorance, um, which is not their fault because there's so much happening. So I really wrote that book as a way to help entrepreneurs and marketing executives who in every other area of their business, they know what they're doing. But within marketing, they're completely lost or they don't know what next step to take. So down the road, you know, big picture to, to finally answer the, the, the bigger picture question, the businesses that I've built I'm going to be like basically creating this portfolio of companies that will help me make investments in smart technology and, mm. and, and AI and like all those, all those things that I get geeky about. Um, now having the skills that I do to build businesses and to build brands and to, and to get stuff out there. So that's the ultimate journey. But, you know, I had to like really, really figure out how that big vision and the work that I had in many ways fallen into after college, which was marketing, started to coalesce. Mm. That's good, man. I love that. I love the portfolio brands concept, you know, and I don't know if you're looking for an exit or some consolidation or something where, you know, there's a liquidity event or something where you're like, okay, now I can go do the big thing that I really, or. Yeah, or it's you, a mixture. Yeah, it's it's a mixture. Some of them are are companies that I'm going to be holding on to for my life. Yeah, and others are going to be exit. Like I have uh, companies that I'm working with through um, Project 10K, which is an incubator that I'm a partner at, and those are like fully start from scratch, grow, exit, mm-hmm. start from scratch, grow, exit, high volume. So yeah, that's all 
that that's all uh, liquidation event driven. But then there's also cash cow businesses. So you just like, you know, got to keep a good balance. (laughs) Yeah, brother. I appreciate that, man. And uh, I want to continue the conversation, but we're, we're, we're getting short on time and I have to land the bird here. Yeah, of course. Um, let, let people know how they can get a hold of the book, number one, and, and other ways that they can reach you as well. So the book is at snakeoilbook.com. And it's going to be bonuses and all sorts of cool resources that I'm sharing with people who jump on board and and support the book. And you can follow me on Twitter. Hey, Dan Russell is my, is my username. That's where I'm most active. I'm also on Instagram, but I really like to have conversations on Twitter. So uh, that's, that's where I love to, that's where I sink my teeth into it. Awesome. Awesome, brother. Well, thanks for sharing, man. Thanks for uncovering so much. Um, You know, man, I I think we packed a lot in here. I'm going to. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. Uh, Yeah, brother. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle.